Welcome to episode number four of the How to Pair Beer with Everything podcast, brought to you by NEPAScene.com. This week, we are continuing a bit with some Stone Brewing Company beers. This week, we have the phenomenal Woot Stout 2015 variation, or Woot Stout 3.0, if you will. Uh, we also crack into a brand new beer from Ballast Point called Calm Before the Storm, which is absolutely incredible. So this week, we have two delicious beers and a lot of great conversation. We actually kind of stayed on point for once instead of meandering too much, uh, talked a lot about nerddom the future of it and where everything's going as well as getting into a few interesting topics we'll put it that way and had a lot of laughs along the way so hopefully you enjoyed this week as always you can get in touch with us if you head on over to nepascene.com that's scene s-c-e-n-e.com and uh, hope to hear from you and hope you're enjoying So uh, we are back again. Uh, our glasses are now full. And uh, this week, we're kind of continuing on. Last week, we did a pretty strong feature on Stone Brewing Company. So we're kind of continuing on with that, not uh, on purpose, just kind of accidentally because that's what's going on. I thought this would be a good way to lead into some discussion, too, because this is a really well-known beer. Uh, only been brewing for the past, this is their third year of it. It's kind of called Woot Stout 3.0, this variation on it. Uh, but it's really just the 2015 variation. Uh, a little history on it is it was brewed for the first time in 2013. Uh, it's a collaboration between Drew Curtis, the founder of Fark.com. Just, for some reason, I always think I'm going to say fuck, and then Fark does come out. I, I think that's originally how Fark uh, came to be in terms of the name. It was a, a takeoff of you couldn't say this word. You have to oh, was it really? I wouldn't know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a, a longtime reader of Fark. Uh, I remember you know, reading that back in the early site to go to and it's still you know it's still a lot of fun although I, I i confess i'm probably not there as much as i used to be but um yeah i, I remember that originate originally being the uh, the thing because i interviewed him many years ago um you know but it just i had another site at the time and just kind of did it for fun and because i was a fan and i believe he said something along those lines of uh that you, c- you couldn't say you know That's awesome. Eventually became uh, them saying the name and saying it in that way. I think that that might be uh, at least somewhat close to the truth. Yeah, as long as we're not we're not slandering. No, <laughs> no not at all. <laughs> but uh, it is a collaboration they did. Now, now Drew Curtis is kind of a, a very into the home brewing. A lot of those things. Um, Greg Cook from Stone Brewing Company. And Greg, you know, very well known. You know, co-founder, CEO of the of the brewery, uh, and Will Wheaton. Uh, well known, <laughs> well known, you know, geek nerd, whatever you want to throw him with. Uh, very well known all around, but also is a very active home brewer, like very into the whole home brewing thing. And he actually has, oh, this is gonna kill me now. I can't think. I think Devil's, Devil's something, Devil's Gate maybe. Devil's Gate. But he has like a home brewing thing, and uh, they actually made Woot Stout available through that. You can buy a homebrew variation on it and make it yourself. The the first one. So they brewed it initially in 2013. Uh, was released nationwide, huge success. People absolutely love the beer. 
And I, I think initially when it was released, some people thought it was going to be a little kitschy because maybe you're going after, you know, nerds or I, I just hate saying that name over and over and over again. But I think that they were kind of think they were going after those people by getting Will Wheaton involved because he has such a following and Drew Curtis as well, you know, with everything he's gone through. Um, but once the beer came out and everybody tried it, that just quickly any of those murmurs went away and it was just a phenomenal, phenomenal beer. Flash forward a year past that, and they were getting ready to release Wootstout 2.0, but Greg from Stone had gone on sabbatical, leave of absence, whatever. He basically just took himself off the grid for a good chunk of months, like just disappeared, which I'm so envious of being able to do that, just took off. and Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh, that's such a beautiful thing. And in that time period, though, they were getting ready to do this, so they they basically didn't want to just have someone there in name only and keep the same recipe so they try to find someone to get involved that cared so they actually brought in Aisha Tyler which was kind of a surprise at first because she to my knowledge wasn't like a huge homebrew person but she is like she was really into all that and she got involved and they released Wootstout 2.0 last year but uh, on the radio show we had Drew Curtis call in and did an interview with him and some of the issues with the 2.0 was it didn't get a nationwide release. It was very, very limited. I think basically only two states. Do you, do you remember, George? Was I, th- I know it was California. And I California was one. I'm not sure of the second one. I believe Tennessee. Wherever Drew Curtis is from, I think it's Tennessee. Somewhere in that area, somewhere in that region, um, was pretty much all that got this beer. And I remember when we did the show, I got a lot of people pissed off, like getting in touch with me about like how could Stone do this, da, 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 and just getting all pissy because it was such a loyal beer uh loyal falling for that beer so quickly well now this year they've released boots out if you want to call it 3.0 now what this is is a really cool thing because now greg is back so it's the original uh recipe with the original guys but what they did was they they brewed the original recipe and then took boots out 2.0 they had a bunch of that sitting around in bourbon barrels for a year they took that and blended it into this so you have all these things going on because the recipe changed a little bit with 2.0 there's a little more chocolate in it it was it was that was what she kind of brought into the fold um so it's a little more of a sweeter dessert type imperial stout um but now they they had it sitting in bourbon barrels for the entire year and brought this in so it's like a nice little blend of everything and i think it's still at is it 13 percent yeah it's still around 13 percent i don't know if it's 13 for some reason i think it's like 13.8 but whatever it's it's i'm not gonna but it's 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 around thirteen percent, if not a little bit over, which was what the original one was as well. And it's just it's super easy drinking. Um, it's also a really nice one to age. I still have a bottle of the original Wood Stout sitting in the fridge, just kind of seeing where that one goes. And I I bought it after, and I oh got I took it for buying that. I got I well I spent way too much money. <laughs> I just like I saw it and thought, you know what, I'm not gonna be able to find this again. So I'm gonna grab this, and then I realized how much it was, and like all right. I'm just going to grab this. <laughs> I just kind of been sitting on it since. But uh, no, they they just released this. Like this just is hitting the market now. So this is a, an absolute brand new one. And it's just like a really, it's awesome to see some of the people that you know from other things that also are involved in craft beer and have a big passion for it too. It's not a name only. They're not stamping a name on it just to have whatever. Yeah, I was definitely surprised when you mentioned Aisha Tyler. I wouldn't have guessed that at all yeah that was the one when uh when they made that announcement that was going on because i think that was what was in in question for some people when greg announced that he's leaving for a time what's going to happen with that and 
I don't know if he already had that set up ahead of time. I would think so. I mean, you're not going to have a large company like this and not have that kind of plan out. Yeah. And uh, but they got her right in and then got her involved and worked out perfectly. And it's it was phenomenal. It was just it was it sucked because a lot of people didn't get to try that variation on it, but worked out really well. And and this is incredible. And it's it, they're affordable too, which is awesome. It, I I picked up a bottle just to have an extra bottle because I wanted to have one to sit around and age for a little bit too. And and they're like between nine and maybe 15 i'll say maybe you'll see that some places but i mean generally they're around like nine bucks for something like this which is a really good price point oh definitely that's you're, you're getting a 22 ounce bomber too you're not getting a 12 ounce bottle i should say that too since this is uh not a visual medium <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think of this one george i'm about to try it right now oh well i thought you were, you were sipping on it no i was Open. i was waiting for you guys go I, ahead you I, sip your on. glasses are down so There's you get the bourbon, but it's not overpowering. It is powerful. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is definitely one to to sip on. This is not one that you are going to want to chug, <laughs> because you will uh, wind up on the floor basically if yeah. uh, if you're going to chug this one. See what I'm getting uh, when I smell it. I'm really not getting a lot of bourbon up front. Uh, it's it's kind of mellowed out until you taste it and you're getting a lot of bourbon out of it and then. Right at the end, you get that chocolate finish. It's yeah, really well done. Yeah, it's not overly sweet and it's not overly bourbony. Like that that's the difficult thing when you're getting into doing like the bourbon barrel age stuff because if that takes over, then you're getting all these coconut flavors, which they're not bad, but it's just you get a lot of burn from it too. Yeah, it's not even really a beer. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what's nice with this is you have all those variants in there, and it still has that chocolate on the end. Like it has a nice sweet finish, but it's like a like a bitter dark chocolate, not like a milk chocolate or anything too sweet. Just like a really, but it's it's this could be a good dessert beer too. That's what's nice about oh, it. Oh, definitely, it, it, definitely it plays into all these different variants. But what kind of I, what I was thinking about with this beer, with what's going on with this, uh, like who's involved, it kind of got me thinking about, you know, we've talked on here numerous times already about like nerd culture and all those things, and it makes me like wonder where is it going, like the future of it. Because, you know, it's now in popular culture. And right. and generally when things go into popular culture, it, you know, fades off eventually and kind of goes back into the murky depths from which it came. But I feel like with that, you know, it, it's it's more of a lifestyle and it became that. So what happens, you know, because we saw that with, you know, us growing up in the 90s, you saw it with like punk rock and you saw it come to fold and then everything came up and, and then all of a sudden fade away and you see all the the sad kids with their sprayed on hair dyes running down their face. <laughs> <laughs> the difference there though is the fact that uh, you know, we were talking last week about like selling out and what is yeah. selling out and stuff like that. And, you know, I thought it was funny like a, a couple of years ago when uh, Marvel Comics got bought out by Disney, you know, a lot of people that said, Oh, they're gonna water it down, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that to it. You know, if if you are a true fan of comic books, you know they that that the whole point is to sell out. They sold out from day one. If you look at any comic book, uh, especially superhero comics in particular, um, you know marketing is key. So I mean, you know, Spider Man and Captain America and Wolverine and everybody else have been slapped on every single solitary product completely unrelated to any storyline mm -hmm. or meaning or anything else 
for years and years and years, way before Disney got around to it. So at that point, there was nothing that Marvel could have, or uh, you know, Disney could have done that would have, you know, degraded Marvel in any way, shape, or form. It's like at this point, you know, uh, comics have sold everything from Hostess pies to. Did they have a? I, I don't know if I'm misremembering. Did they have a Spider-Man cereal in the '80s? Oh, that was, yeah, but that, that was that part of. Okay, because I, I think it was like that. Uh, remember in the '80s, and they had like a run of it was basically the same cereal stamped into different shapes. Yeah, um, like I remember they had the Super Mario Legend of Zelda split the, box. The I, double, I actually was just looking at that commercial the <laughs> other day, and <laughs> there was a discussion online uh, on Reddit about uh, you know what do you miss the most, and that was one of the big ones, and also yeah. shark bites. Oh yeah, with the orange striped tiger. I forgot about shark bite. I think it's always get stuck in your teeth too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that, that's a good kind of gummies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was. I, I I don't see. I see it. You know, it, it's going to get a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, and then eventually, yeah, like you said, you know, uh, I'm sure something else will come along that will start to. You know, people will get that fatigue eventually, and uh, you know, the movies will start to make less money and that sort of thing, and then eventually, other people will find other things. But I think they're always going to be there. Yeah, that that's what I think is different with this versus a lot of. I mean, it's always hard to spot a trend when you're in the thick of it, because yeah. you're you're just looking around and you don't even really notice it. It's only in retrospect you can go back. But with this, it's it's such a lifestyle because it's like you know all of us here like we didn't we didn't ever consciously, you know, when we were kids say you know I'm gonna be into things that no one else likes. Yeah. It, it it just happens. So that's what it, it's interesting about this is that as this goes and as this thread continues to to get pulled and wherever it winds up, you know the people that are into that are are into that. So that's what I think is different with this that it, it's not there's pretty much nobody that really is into this that's on any kind of bandwagon. Yeah, I mean you know there there's uh, I think there's people who jumped on you know with uh, the superhero movies and yeah. things like that, um, but you know I think they see it as any other form of entertainment. Or porn, maybe. maybe. maybe porn. <laughs> I just still let me think of porn. Remember his first movie was a porn. Remember that that story? Oh, I no, can't remember no, what it's no. called. Which the Italian style. Yeah, that's what they had his nickname from. Yeah, right. that supposedly did porn before. <laughs> Surprisingly, uh, Stallone talk. Um, <laughs> I, I know. That's, hey, but that's I've been waiting for Stallone this. talk. This is my time to shine here. Stallone, <laughs> Stallone corner with George. His last Rambo movie coming out that's surprisingly oh, I, called Last Blood. I saw this. He is taking on ISIS. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. And I'm actually, I, I actually think that's a great idea. I liked the last Rambo. I, oh, you mean where he just got on yeah. the gunner, cut the guy's head off, and yeah, mowed the gunner? Yeah, gutted a guy. And just, yeah, it was just like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm like, this is like, this is badass. Like, could you imagine if they put that Rambo out in the 80s? People would have fucking lost their mind if like he put something like that gory out. Like, but I mean, it's like, no, he's a fucking Vietnam vet. Do you think he's gonna be like, hey, uh, do you remember the? Oh, that made me think. Do you remember the Rambo cartoon? Because that oh, still God. that still has one of the my my absolute favorite lines of any cartoon ever. Because a friend of mine and I like there was a video store going out of business, and we went in. and They had VHS copies of the Rambo cartoon, so him and I bought it. And this was like years ago. And we went back and watched it. I remember loving that cartoon when I was a kid. I remember thinking, like, Rambo's badass. And there's a part, because you, you forget in the 80s cartoons, no one was allowed to be killed. Never. You could not die. You weren't. So 
Rambo has all these guys. Uh, he was in the Middle East, so I whatever whoever he's fighting, and uh, shoots at them. They're in a jeep, and he shoots at them, and their jeep tips over, and they fall into the sand. And his his one liner is he <laughs> looks at them and says, "Eat sand, jerk face." <laughs> <laughs> that's and I just I never bold. I never forgot that. And I'm like, could you imagine you're in a life or death situation and you manage to, to outgun the other guy and you get him to we would probably try to kill him, I would assume, instead of just trying to get him to flip over, and you <laughs> look at him and say, Eat sand jerk <laughs> Like if you ever get into a fight, I, I think that would be the ultimate deterrent for anybody to fight you. <laughs> like if you just, just do something crazy and then respond by saying "eat sand, jerk face." I I can't even fathom that. Like, oh. who comes up with that writing and they're thinking oh, like, "Oh yeah, this is so awesome." It's like cringe worthy. You know what I wonder though? What was that? Because of you know, you're taking Rambo, which should be an ultra violent, and the guy should be swearing left, right, and center. I mean, going through PTSD doesn't give a shit. And you know. Did they did they write it with all these swear words and then the you know NBC or put out just went in and just put lines through and just start you know how they censor movies po- poorly all the time right. like did they just go and go nope and, oh jerk face sounds nicer than piece of shit or whatever because <laughs> like, like that doesn't make sense like who in a writing room like says that and someone goes that's good that's good let's do it the jerk face we're going with the jerk face there <laughs> like. That's like a 5 p.m. pitch on a Friday. They're yeah. like, yeah, good. Get it get it for Saturday. Or they just like snuck it in. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the animation exactly wasn't there. Oh, God, no. No. I just, like, that's the stuff they, you look back and it's like, holy shit. But you see, here's the thing is, you know, I don't know why I, I went to Stallone, but it, it, it's, it's a good kind of idea of what we were talking about where, um, you know, you have those people where everyone's seen Rocky. Yeah. You know, everyone's seen at least one of the Rambo movies, or at least they know who those characters are, and they have an idea of the story behind them and stuff like that. Maybe they've caught it on TV or something like that. You have those casual fans that are always going to like Stallone in some form or another just because of those, you know, or they're going to enjoy, you know, one of the Expendables movies or something like that because, you know, they know it's a good mindless action thing. And then you have, like, the hardcore nerds who are, like, into everything that he did, and they follow everything that he does. You know, I know a guy, um, he's actually from Scranton originally, and he lives in Philadelphia now, who's a Rocky impersonator, and that's what he does for a living. Wow. Yeah, I've yeah. seen him. He's actually, he's really good. That's and awesome. He's really good, and he's such a nice dude. He actually wrote a book about, like, how his life paralleled Rocky, or, like, how he looked up to Rocky and stuff, and, and, and uh, eventually he did, like, meet Stallone and stuff like that, but he's really, he, he's been trying to get uh, a documentary I guess they've shot a lot of it, um, but I, I haven't seen anything come out of it since then. I read it a couple of years ago, but uh, super nice dude. But it shows you how far like you can you can take something like that hardcore to yeah. the point where he's literally living it. Like he's walking around, looking like, talking like Rocky, getting paid to be like Rocky. He gives tours of uh, Philadelphia and oh, wow. places that they shot there and stuff. Um, you know, of course, he was obsessed when they were shooting Creed. Like you know. He's the kind of guy who's like hanging out on the side of the set. Like, did they shoot that down in Philly too? Um, some or parts? Well, yeah, parts of it. I would think. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the whole thing, but I think they shot some of it there. But you know, there, there's um, there's people like that, and then there's there's your casual fans, and I think that's where nerdom is yeah. always going to be in general. That's because like it's more mainstream. Yeah, but it eventually it'll go back to it. Because the way the, the that's what I think is different with it is 
the people that are truly into it the way our brains are wired it is just different to me because like we like we talked about the collector mentality and all the, the average person does not have that but to us like that's second nature like george will go to all these breweries without a second thought of it because that's where george's brain is yeah and it's a little much off have no life. but uh <laughs> but no like well, we we, say <laughs> you could i mean but like we, we all have those things like that's what i think makes it a little different than some of the other things that will pop up in pop culture and disappear because it, it really is just a flash in the pan thing and and then it'll go away and then you know the the herd will move on to something else whereas people that are fully integrated into this it, it's been a part of their life it's almost I don't want to degrade religion, but I mean, it really is the, the similar mentality of that where it's, it's a way of life. It's not a choice. It's not, oh, I'm going to go and get into this band because no one else likes them. I mean, there's people that do that and they're called dicks, but <laughs> they wind up, they wind up fading away after a while and everybody gets sick of talking to them when you go to the bar and they're like, oh, oh yeah, I have that. I have it on uh, vinyl. Uh, I got that from the band. They pressed that in their, their bathroom. Um, and I, and you're like, just shut the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a thing where you know, like, uh, nerdum gets to the point where there's a lot of people who uh, will push people away. Yeah, that. yeah, that obsessive. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and they, they they don't want anyone else to have it. There, yeah, stuff, or they want to like prove that they're like bigger than nerds. Like, there's a lot of like even even before it really blew up as a culture. You know, sometimes you you, you meet someone else and you're like, oh, finally, someone else is into the same stuff that I am. And then you find that they're the kind of person where they have to top you. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, too. And you're like, yeah, but I have way more issues with yeah. Spider-Man. You, oh, you wouldn't have this. You, you probably never saw this before. Yeah. heard of this yeah. one and stuff like that. And it's like, my God. And then uh, my favorite is like, both in the same thing. when you can tell they're making up shit. That's my favorite, but you know what? It, it used to. I used to always try to call them out on it, but now it's more fun to sit back and take it in, and just try to imagine these things really existing. So like, holy shit, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure that that's what he did. I'm sure he he wrote a comic just for you, um, because you went to the bathroom at his house or something. It's like the most ridiculous, asinine stories. And you're like, oh okay, well you know what? At, at the end of the day. I kind of feel bad for you <laughs> because this is the highlight of your life, a made up story. <laughs> so that's cool. But you, you see a lot of that. like, And that's why I think ruins a lot of it. Even within craft beer, like that, that's a thing that's going on. And, and it's got to get to like, you know, especially within this, like you go down to sit down at a bar and there's some guy sitting next to you drinking PBR. Or whatever, Genesee. Yeah, or I was gonna say Genesee because the show, <laughs> but it, it, it's like if someone's sitting down having that, you turning and saying, "Oh, you know what? That, that is, how could you drink that shit? You, you know what? Try this. You should try." That's kind of immediately. I would just not want anything to do with that person. Like any position where you're in that similar situation, it just shuts you down, and you want nothing to do with them. So it, it's just like that's the tough thing with because I feel like some of us when we have that that mi- mindset, um, we may lack social skills. Like some people may just not be able to to pick up on social cues and stuff because you're you have that. You know, it's it's in that spectrum of, of obsessive compulsive disorder almost like you're in that of just like focus, like hyper focus. And when you're in that other things lack and sometimes in some people it's you know 
social skills, <laughs> which kind of gets under the skin of a lot of people, or the person has just been a dick their whole life anyway, and that this is just something else to be a dick about. Sure. And we see that too. Like this is just something, whatever it is. Like they'll, they'll get into the fold, basically because they like going around shitting on people. Yeah. And this is the latest thing of like, oh, I can get into this. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. You know, like, oh, everywhere. There's dicks in everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's the and I w- that was another thing I was thinking about with the way things are now. You know, I hate to use movies for quoting things because especially highly fictionalized. But you know, when you look at something uh, like that, the Twenty One Jump Street movie they did, which I actually I didn't mind. It was good. Loved it. it was actually, pretty funny. And but when they took a look at you know, because we all grew up in that same time period of. You know, the jocks ruled the school and the nerds were the ones getting the wedgies and whatever. And now, like in that movie, they even pointed it out like it's not completely flipped everywhere, but it has changed a lot where it isn't that way. There isn't no one is getting a wedgie and getting shoved into a locker and and all these things because someone would be sued. (laughs) I mean, that's one of the things. But like, that's what made me think. It's like, when did that paradigm shift? Like, in our generation? Because, like, all through our high school time, and, like, you know, yeah, it, it really hadn't changed that much. Yeah. And, like, the, one of the things, and I don't want to go off on too much specific on the event, but it kind of made me think, like, one of the things that I think changed it was everything that happened at Columbine. Not in, like, a, hmm. the nerds took over. It was just that it, it made everyone have to examine everybody around you more and and take that into consideration of like what you're saying and what you're doing to people because it, and it wasn't because of what they did they weren't heroes by any means they're pieces of shit but it made the the culture have to look at itself right. and i think that's one of the ways it started to shift a little bit because people had to start looking on themselves and saying what have we been doing because it was it was just so far gone, and it became the the joke stereotype. I mean, we saw it in all the movies we watched growing up, where it was, you know, the the nerds are gonna rise up after getting picked on, and we're, and, but it was like, but the beginning part was you were getting picked on really fucking bad, yeah. <laughs> like really bad, to where if it wasn't a movie, you would have killed yourself. <laughs> so it's like it, it's not like this like really funny thing like oh they just they put an M80 in my car oh my god it's so funny like no if someone fucking did the stuff they were doing to you in real life like you would wind up doing something really awful right. and it's like that kind of shifted I feel at that point I mean I, but it was that was my senior year mm-hmm. when when that happened so I remember like being in high school like when that occurred and I remember like the next day like walking in and like you felt like the heaviness and and just everything had changed. It was different, you know. I mean, uh, I remember uh, I I was you know the the kid who wore all black to school. And yeah. Stuff like that, I was the only kid that I knew that listened to metal music and things like that. So I mean, I you know there were there were people who generally like looked at me differently. Um, there was even a the one one day uh, a jock said, "Are are you going to to do something like that?" You know, like said it to my face. And I said, well, you might not want to say that to the guy that you think is going to do something like that, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's not smart, <laughs> you know? Hey, just a uh, quick pro quo. i got a question for you here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, you might not want to make fun.
come to school and yeah. see you, you know? But, like, obviously that was never, like, a thought in my mind or anything like that. In fact, like, what, what interested me about the whole thing was um, the way that it was twisted around and played with in the media yeah. so much to fit the narrative that they wanted to tell. Because at the end of the day, a lot of the things that people still to this day think about Columbine aren't actually totally true. Like uh, the fact that like, oh, well, these kids were just, you know, heartlessly picked on by jocks all day and stuff like that. Yeah, they were the different kids and stuff, but there was also a whole group of them. You know, like the, the you heard, you've heard the term, you know, French Cold Cold mafia, mafia mm-hmm. yeah. you know, stuff like that. There was a whole group of them that graduated before those guys. And none of them ever shot up a school or anything like that, you know. And and the other thing was they didn't wear trench coats every day. They wore yeah. them that day to, you know, conceal the weapons that they had and to fit them all. But they didn't wear a trench coat all the time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, this And this idea that, like, oh, they were, you know, they didn't have girls or anything like that. They had girlfriends. Uh, you know, they really, they, they, you know, dated just like any other kid and stuff like that. Um, th- this idea that they were into certain kinds of music. All the kinds of music that were criticized after Columbine were actually music that they they not only uh, didn't listen to but they hated. Uh, stuff like Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Um, they've actually they they've actually had gone on record before they died and said that they didn't like Marilyn Manson. That they specifically hated that kind of music. They listen to stuff like KMFDM and things. I was like just that. about oh, to say God, that one. Yeah. You know, now was it was the KMFDM or MK? Well, no. What, what did they? What it's, it's a bunch of letters. KMFDM. M- no, they came back. Do you remember when they did a comeback? Sorry, but they remember they did a comeback and they reversed MDF or whatever. I can't. My brain is not letting it's me do their letters in reverse letters. right Just now. Put them in. <laughs> I can't do it. Put them in. All right, whatever the reverse of KMFDM is, they they came back and put that out. Oh yeah. About that. But um, you had, you know, stuff like KMFDM. They they came out and said, uh, "Have you ever listened to our music? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's you know, like KMFDM is a drug against war. Like we hate those things. We hate violence. We hate war. Uh, we they were very feminist too, weren't they? Like they were highly yes, pro-feminist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're very forward thinking. They're just very very progressive. And German. And, yes. <laughs> and very very, very German. Very German. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Influence them in any way because obviously if it did, they never would have done. Yeah. What they did. So well, and that that's where we saw the media become what it is now, where they're no longer reporting. Well, no, they are quote unquote reporting, but they're editorializing to make a story right. instead of telling what's going on. They are making the news instead of reporting the news. Right. And that's what started to change with all of that. And that's when, and that's like you know, it's one of those things like for better and worse, it, it forced the country to look at itself and see what they're doing but then what inevitably happens is it turns into a witch hunt as it always does and that because if something happened someone has to be at fault someone did this it's video games it's this artist it's this movie i remember like basketball diaries getting the the blunt of that there was a fucking you know why don't they talk about the guy when he was blowing the guy in the bathroom why is it just because they walked in shooting like he also sucks some guy's dick, and, and and it's like, all right, well, why not? Why 
is it that? Like, it, there's all these other things. And I remember, do you remember the movie The Program? I don't know if you remember that. There was it was a football movie. It, it was like very very vaguely. Yeah, it, it it actually the reason it became like it, it was a fucking terrible movie, but the reason it got notoriety was there was a scene in the movie. It was a it was a college football team, and there was a scene in the movie where some of the guys, I think they were linebackers or something, decide before a playoff game or something to get quote unquote amped up. They went and laid down on the yellow lines in the middle of a busy highway. And traffic's like whizzing past them and this like really awful blue screen dub variation of it. And they're laying there like going, Woo! Yeah. And just getting all yeah. And some really? fucking idiots some fucking idiots from a football team went and did that and got run over and died. So they had to pull the movie and edit that out. Yeah. Like that like that's the stuff. It's like, oh my God, I mean that's stupid. Like, but that's what happens every time. It's like, and remember the remember the Power Rangers thing when we were kids. The 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 was a two or was it two kids or just one kid that did the flip off the porch and fell because they're watching the Power Rangers and decided like I'm gonna do this and fell. I mean it's it's awful because the little kid had fell to their death, but it's like that's the stuff that happens. So it's tough in those situations because you know like oh my god you're being so stupid. But they can always go back to these things and say, well, this and this and this actually did happen, even though they're one-offs and the millions and millions of people saw those things and, and one bad parent wasn't paying attention to their kid or you know some stupid football players wouldn't actually thought they Laid could... Laid in the road. Yeah, which it's like, all right, these are common sense things. It, it's like you know getting the coffee and says, caution, it's hot. Oh, no fucking shit. But we have to have those things on there because people will burn their crotch and sue. For four million, was it? I don't remember that. You know, th- that was one of those things that was funny. The way it was reported, like she actually did have like third degree burns. So the coffee was really fucking no, they, ridiculously hot. It was they way had the coffee over twenty some degrees hotter than it yeah. should be because I, I read about it a while back, and yeah, the the burn photos are pretty disgusting mm-hmm. and. It was, I think, 142 degrees they had it at, and they wanted the coffee to be hot so people would stay longer, but they wouldn't get as many refills. Uh, okay, stay away for the cool. Yeah, I, that's a, that's one of those lawsuits that's kind of like lambasted, but that one, act, the one that's worse is, I don't know if you remember this one, there was a, I think it was a woman, not 100%, um, bought an RV and was driving uh, somewhere in the Midwest, and... Uh, while she's driving in the middle of this road, she said, oh, God, I'm hungry. Got up, hit the cruise control button, went in the back of the RV to make a sandwich. No one's driving. The RV, of course, swerves off the road, flips, <laughs> is demolished. She sues the dealership for not explaining that cruise control is not the same thing as autopilot and wins. <laughs> wow. That's the lawsuit that's sad because that is completely, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> that's, I, that's, I can't even fathom that one. Yeah, that's that's like beyond, like, the coffee thing is just kind of what everybody got to know, but that woman was really burned. This was a fucking moron that it was like somehow Darwinism escaped snubbing her out somehow because i cannot fathom like doing that and going oh, let me just 
I'm going to hit this button. Hey, we're the Jetsons, right? That's how this works. I'm just going to hit this button. You're going to make a sandwich. I'm in a death trap. And this is I in the 90s, well too. I think it was in the 90s. So, I mean, it's like we didn't even have, like, any kind of technology that was remotely close. Like, cruise control was cutting edge. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this will drive me, right? Because we have that now. <laughs> like, we don't even have that in 2015. We barely have that. And this is in the 90s. Like, oh, God. But that's the thing that's like sad when you see that and it's like, oh, this this is what our future is supposed to build themselves upon. These are the these are the giants on which the shoulders should be stood upon. <laughs> like, no, this is so fucking stupid. And then they want to complain about all the awful things the way society is and how they like look at yourself. Look how stupid you are, look how much you sue about everything, look how you don't like no one learns anything anymore. Well, Yeah. You raise them. It's your world that they're yeah. living in. You created the world that they're in right now. Where do you think they got it from? Mm-hmm. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> exactly. These are my brains, Dad, and I learned it from you. <laughs> oh, I miss those old drunk PSAs. I wish they would start. I, mean, I understand they they can't. They like they become such a joke. They couldn't bring them back. But part of me wishes they could bring them back somehow. I because think- oh. I think the biggest PSA right now is 16 and pregnant. <laughs> I mean, if you see those people, like, oh god, a, a part of me feels really bad. Like, if I was 16 and I can get pregnant and make more than people with college degrees to be on MTV, yeah. I probably would. What, what's sad, too, is you have to realize that there is people in other countries that have never been here and watch that and think that is America. Because it... Maybe it's a small percentage, but there is a percentage that thinks that. That's depressing. Because <laughs> it's like, really? Like, that's their, That's what we're putting out as a culture of, like, you know, we're, it, it, it's supposed to be a loose-based art. You know, TV and, and movies are supposed to be an art form of some kind, which is a mirror reflecting society. What the fuck is that? <laughs> and then, like, that's what we're putting out, and... The people that can even stomach that, I don't know. I don't even know. I mean, I think the only thing I watch on MTV anymore is if Catfish is on, because I'm just interested to see, like, how fucked up does this one get? But that's about it. There's no entertainment value, and really I could not watch any of it up until the last 10 minutes and get what I want out of it, which is just the reveal of, like, oh, yeah, I'm 42. Oh, I've been talking to you on the internet for a <laughs> I, I haven't really seen any of those, though, which kind of depresses me. Half the time when I hear the stories, I think you fucking deserve this because like you hear the people like yeah uh they can never they can't FaceTime me there's no um they they like they have problems with their cell phone like there's all these like stupid things like what the fuck like what do they have dial up modems that they can like right, like in the early days of the internet yeah. Oh God! In the early days of the internet, we everybody—I don't think I know anybody that didn't used to go into AOL chat rooms and send fake pictures to people and bullshit the ASL shit and like just talk about nonsense. Like you would go in these chat rooms, like oh yeah, and like at the end of the day, like you think back, like what was my goal for doing that? Like what was I hoping was going to happen? It, it, ultimately, any of that, we're teenagers. It's going to end with us masturbating at best. <laughs> Like what? What else? It was just kind of 
oh, I'm gonna go in here. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to this girl. I'm gonna tell her I'm, uh, you know, I tell her I'm just 23 is a good age. 23, uh, you know, I'm like six, six three, 180. I work out pretty regularly. <laughs> like just all that. And then you would just have to go and find some bullshit photo. It was just like it was so. And then you have to wait forever to download anything. Those are my favorite. I like, think like that's what this like. This, this is where I'm going to be the grumpy old man. Like, kids today have it so easy with that shit. Because, like, we had to wait line by line and <laughs> just sit there. And back then, you were looking at, like, kilobyte transfer rate. Like, yeah. It was terrible. Oh, God, yeah. It was so funny like to think back about that. I, mem- I remember even when I first had Napster, it was still, well, I think it was Napster or LimeWire or whatever. It was, but it was, you know, you would, it was still in those transitional periods where even cable modems weren't that fast. It was still just getting into that, so you still had to wait when you're downloading stuff. Like you would sit there, and it would take like ten times as long to download the song than the length of the entire song. And it's like that's just so they'll never understand that. Like now, it's everything is instant. Like the thought of being able to stream something instant back then was like a fantasy, and it was like to imagine that world existing now. Oh my god! Can you imagine the, the amount of stress people would be, people would be blowing their heads off, like having to wait? Like, oh my god, it's ten minutes! Like <laughs> just sitting there, and it's like. But back then, it was like, all right, I don't know, wait ten minutes for this thirty-second clip. <laughs> it's like, all right, e- easily, easily, yeah, because yeah. he had no choice. I used to uh, acquire videos online, like. <laughs> You know, back when it was dial-up and you're waiting, it's like, oh, sweet, eight hours to download a movie. And now with my connection at home, I'm like, what the fuck? This is a two-hour movie and it's taking me four and a half yeah. minutes. Like, this is disgusting. This like, is bullshit. I'm going to call Comcast gonna right call now. I'm going to call Obama right now. I'm going to get this sorted out. <laughs> no, I blamed him, but I call Comcast. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's so weird to think back. And I, I mean, those old, it, it's still one of those things like that. That noise, I think, for our generation of signing on to AOL will be forever ingrained into us. And it's just, and it's so funny because like I wonder, what's the equivalent for the current generation? Like, what is that? Is it like the the wheel of death on an, on an on a Mac computer? Is like I don't know what like what's what's the the equivalent for that? I think a six person line at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I just like. Yeah, that. I remember those days too when you had the roaming charges, and you would like you had to make a call and then you get your cell phone. And be like, what the. F- Fuck, and like, it was just this horrible charge because you just saw roaming, and it's like, oh shit! And you never knew when it was coming back. You never knew when you were getting back until you were home. You never knew when you were going in and out of roaming. God forbid you're on the phone while in movement, <laughs> and you duck into roaming without even knowing. Like, oh, yeah. It, well, even like internet, like even making like calls nationally, like making these calls. I mean. I remember still making you know, local long distance charges and all that stuff we had to go through, like calling from a cell. And it's like, you can't even fathom that. Like now it's like you could do anything. And what do we do? Nothing. <laughs> it just becomes normal and bullshit. And we don't really take advantage of that. And it's just like gone this whole other route. But it's just so funny to like look back and see. Because that's, that's what's interesting with our generation is we are – uh, a bridge that that no other generation is going to have in that we are going from basically no technology to full on like we remember those days of of you know Atari coming out like we were little 
but it's like we had Atari, we we saw Nintendo come about, and then that whole thing progressed into what it is, and and then even seeing, um, you know, everything with the internet, the way things have gone, and like coming into where it is now, it's just like holy shit! Like I could never imagine the days of AOL when I had to pay whatever it was an hour. Was it paid by the hour? I think that's what it initially was. I think so. I used to just take a bunch of discs for like two hundred free. Oh god! You remember using them as frisbees? They they, <laughs> they them. gave them everywhere. I actually used to. Uh, we used to have a shitload of excess ones, and like me and my brother, we'd just smash them or run them over with the lawnmower. There was really there was really nothing else to do with them. You can make fine art with them, though. I don't know. The only free discs I used to like back in the day came in checks mix. When they had that old uh, first-person game, uh, I actually forget the name of it, but oh, it yeah. is online. It was like the checks game, right? And it was like uh, it was like Wolfenstein 3D or Doom, you know? Like oh yeah, definitely. Person kind of thing. I remember having that game. That was fantastic. Oh, the good old days, right. buying cereal and getting free games. When you used to get stuff in the cereal. Now you don't get anything anymore. Like you're lucky, you know. I I saw they they put out an Avengers cereal. like the Avengers they're just like circles that's it like the, the, they didn't even give a shit like you couldn't you couldn't have like just just molded it a tiny bit to try and make it look like an Iron Man helmet or or, or you know paint a freaking uh, star on it and say oh look it's Cap Shield or something like they're so cheap anymore and you know I, and, and then it made me think about like the fact that they don't really market stuff like that anymore like kids uh, don't really like in the old days you you uh, had a product you had a hundred things to promote it you know you had like a cereal and a candy and uh you know this and this and this all to 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 promote the product and now like you don't really have you know as many of those tie-ins unless it's something like specifically nerdy like if it's something like adventure time or you know something comic book related or something then they'll have that kind of tie you know some of that tie-in stuff but uh they don't have these those full marketing campaigns anymore like because I, I, maybe because they look back and they think of all the failed ones. Like, you know, when, when I think about, like, all the stuff that came out in the 80s and 90s that, like, tried to capture, like, you know, like uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. There's a hundred rip-offs oh, God, of yeah. that or He-Man mm. or Ghostbusters. Or Go-Bots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Transformers, G.I. Joe, whatever. There was always a hundred other ones that yeah. were trying to be. Well, you know what's funny, too? Speaking of that is... When they had those, they had a million different replicas of it, but it was funny because they were all basically the same thing with different shapes. That was it. All the stuff that came about back then, like the cereal, the fruit snacks, the whatever, it was basically all the same exact thing just stamped into a different shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was it. So it was like a no-brainer. Except for the Dunkin' Donuts cereal. Remember Remember the commercial? The guy was like, time to make the donuts. Maybe those little circles. Oh my god, I forgot about that cereal. Yeah. How could you forget about that? That was that was beautiful. <laughs> I forgot all about that cereal. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I remember that. Well, he he died a couple of years. Oh, maybe it was a while ago now. The time to make the donuts guy. Fun fact, everybody, he is dead. If you were going on IMDb to type in what he's going to do now, he's uh, <laughs> six feet under somewhere. But. <laughs> No, it's like it's so funny to think back about those things because it was 
it was i wonder if it was just one company that was in charge of all these things it was just like all right we got uh the new ghostbusters movie we got the new what back to the future like any of the things that they could possibly throw across uh, willow i remember willow was another one that got the shit marketed out of it like all and it was basically all the same fruit snacks there'd be the occasional one that was you know white or blue or some solid light color and then the rest were the standard clear fruit snacks and then you had the cereals all tasted like just sugar and but it was just different shapes and then thrown into a box like i i remember like when i was a kid i remember getting that super mario brothers legend of zelda thing constantly and it was awful Yeah. And there was so much stuff like that where uh, the idea was, was to just embed it in every part of your life so it's something you're really living with. And maybe that's why, like, nerds kind of, uh, everything is about that, you know, from your T-shirt to, to your shoes to what you're eating to what you're yeah. watching and whatever. You know, maybe it's part of that whole marketing thing that we grew up with. Yeah, because I remember bed sheets, everything you yeah. could do, it was, it was there. And I just remember anything you love, like you could find some way to be, you know, addicted to it, basically. Like you could find something that you never had to leave it. Like you could find sheets to sleep in. You could find shirts to wear, pajamas to sleep in. A lot of that started with Star Wars. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I remember having Return of the Jedi, my my sheets when I was a kid. I remember having Return of the Jedi with Ewoks all Because that was really, that was the one with the Ewoks. Because that was, for kids, that was a fucking goldmine for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we're not going to make a dime off of this. Because in those days it wasn't even an option. Like nobody gave I wonder if the guy that said that it, it didn't, you know, off himself. Because there's so many business people that made those decisions that you hear, like the guy that stole Victoria's Secrets wound up killing himself because the amount of money he could have made and didn't. I, I, I want to think that, that maybe they took him out somewhere and put him out of his misery. <laughs> they, they, they brought him out. Like, Jim, Jim, come here. Come here. Just no, smile. Yeah. Just here. No tears, only <laughs> dreams. <laughs> it's like old yeller. Just look at the flowers. There's got to be some, because it's like that's one of those decisions that the guy cannot look back and go, yeah, I'm confident in the decision I made about that. I, I stand by that. Like, no fucking way. Oh, that's true. <laughs> He's now running at the company. Yeah. 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 That was, that actually would surprise. No, no, that would because from everything you hear about that guy, he's very money hungry. Yeah. So I could not see him passing up on any deal. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, once that, um, you know, once people realized that you could, you know, slap a Darth Vader or fucking Yoda had him in, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it snowballed. From oh there. yeah. And then you know, particularly in the eighties when we were growing up in the nineties, like then it just became everything. You know, you just have to find. I mean, you, if you have a product, you have all this other stuff lined up, ready to market it and get it out there. But you don't see that as, as much anymore. No, there's I, not 
toy aisles. Oh yeah, it's toy stores are gone. You know, things like KB toys and stuff. Oh, KB toys. KB toys, really? Like that? W- that was like 15 years ago, wasn't it? They've been gone. F- they've been gone they've been, for a they've while. They've been gone for yeah. a while. I thought it was just Toys yeah. R Us running the show now. Yeah, even then though. They're not really running the show anymore. No. <laughs> they're, they're they're limping along is what they're doing. Well, you know, because you have all the department stores now. Yeah. Which have a couple of toy aisles, but even then, that's kind of it. Like in the old days, it was like there were uh, you know ten aisles just of action figures. Then there were ten more aisles just of dolls. Oh, I remember being like, what it was like the, all the WWF figures, like all the stuff like, you could find, like so many things. I remember being a kid running in Kmart when Kmart was the store to go to, and the blue light special would go on, and you get all excited and run over. But like they had all these things, and it's just so different now because there's so much all under one roof. Where it used to have like specialized stores you could go to, that that's all gone, and it's kind of made them have to make room for other stuff. That they probably otherwise would not have had. So it's just kind of changed the whole layout of everything. Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't think they really uh, they, they count on the fact that most kids are into digital stuff now. Yeah. Um, they, they have you know, computers and iPads and laptops and everything else and you know, cell phones that pretty much do all of those things. So you know, why would they play with action figures? You know, why would they you know, cover their rooms with them? And all this crazy or collect micro-machines that your father could step on. Injure himself and then <laughs> swear profanities at you. And spinges. <laughs> but, like, you know, when you think about it, stuff like even Legos, where you think that's a, that's a staple toy that every yeah. kid should grow up with. The only reason that Lego has held on is because they've licensed their stuff into They're actually, movies, they're doing like well. There was actually a business report that came out about them recently talking about how surprisingly Legos, I think it's because they have a cult following, mm-hmm. because they have so many parents that they push it on their kids yeah. like they want their kids like if they're if they're gonna play with something i want them to play with this i think that's part of it but most i mean like, remember lincoln logs when we were kids playing with lincoln like i don't even know if they they, they i mean i'm sure they make them but i don't see them anywhere no it's it's you know a lot of that stuff is just re- uh you know relegated to novelty status yeah where it's like there is one box of lincoln logs in the entire equation box that you can find <laughs> it's a scavenger hunt to find yeah, it yeah Jimmy, we're going to the store. I'm getting you some Lincoln Logs. You don't love me anymore, Mom. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I'm 17. I don't want Lincoln Logs. <laughs> we're going to get you off that internet. <laughs> Specifically said Minecraft, you stupid bitch. <laughs> I said I wanted the new PlayStation on fucking Lincoln Logs. Then all of a sudden you hear about a murder and someone's killed with... Actually, would that be a good murder weapon or not? I don't know. It was oh, pretty solid wood. Yeah, it was pretty solid wood. They're real tiny, though. So, I don't know. Are you, like, shoving them in the... <laughs> that's the first, first thing I thought. <laughs> Just jam it in someone's <laughs> eyes. Technically, anything <laughs> could be a weapon if you put your mind to it. Well, oh, yeah. If, you, if you're bullseye, then bullseye. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're a ninja, not, you can... Uh, Oh, I love Colin Farrell. He was great in SWAT. <laughs> love that he wears beanies in July. What what is he what's the one that he's he's in now that just came out? Oh there was something I was just hearing someone talking about something he's just in now that just came out. I don't know. I, I've kind of like lost uh lost touch with Colin Farrell somehow over the years. 
I he was one actor I just I don't know if there's no you know what he did that I did really like was in Bruges. I was just gonna say yeah, that's that the only movie. I With love Tom Wilkinson or no no um uh, Tom is it Tom Gleason? No, it, it's something Gleason. I can't remember. That was the the chubby guy that was with him, and I don't remember who the main gangster was. But I know I I just remember that. But that's probably the only thing that he did that I really enjoyed. But that really had nothing to do with him. It had to do with the writing, and he just was able to mold himself into that movie. But uh, Brendan. Brendan Gleeson, that's it. I'm just terrible with actors. <laughs> it was like a really solid movie, but it it was one of those things that that's why I think it's funny with like actors that kind of get known to uh, be shit upon for being not good. They, they of course, are going to have something good in their canon. It's kind of the odds are with them that they're going to have done something right at some point. But with him, in Bruges, I really thought it was a solid movie, but it did not get the publicity. It's it's one of those cult movies that like, the people that know of it love it. And it's not a cult movie in the way that most movies are cult movies where it's violent. It's just a really solid movie. Oh, okay. But he did a, a play a few years ago um, called Buchanan and Spokane, and uh, uh, they actually did it in Scranton, um, which was really interesting to wow. see yeah. in, in a small thing. Because uh, I saw it did a very limited run, um, like I feel like off-Broadway, and uh, Christopher Walken was in it. And I always wanted to like see Christopher Walken yeah. live or him in any way or something because it was just a big fan uh and uh, sam rockwell was in it too and so i saw it and I, I i went to it and like tickets were like maybe 40 50 bucks or something like that which is very very reasonable yeah and it was such a fun show really like it, it, it's one of those ones that just takes place in one hotel room like there's it's not a lot of sets or anything it's all focused on the actors and the dialogue and stuff just so much fun to watch because it's it's like uh, Christopher Walken was a hitman, and his hand was cut off years ago, and so he wants to uh, find his hand, <laughs> and so he goes across the country trying to find his hand uh, because he believes that somebody still has it that was a trophy or something. <laughs> so these two kids, the one's like a weed dealer, and they they think they're they're, they're like in over their head, and they think it's a great idea to steal a hand that was on display at a museum like a mummified hand and try to pass it off as his hand like, <laughs> and sell it to him so of course he figures out right away it's not his hand because uh, uh, Christopher Walken is white and there's a hand on the back <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so then he, he handcuffs them to the, the, uh, the a pipe in the hotel room and uh, is debating on whether he's going to kill them or not and then Sam Rockwell is the guy who runs this shady hotel. And, you know, they tell him, like, call the cops. And he's like, no, actually, I kind of want you out of the place. <laughs> <laughs> so there are all these, these terrible people who have made terrible decisions all stuck in a hotel room together. It's hysterical. It's so funny. It's very underrated. And I wish they would make that into a movie or something. They might, I mean, in Bruges, it's surprising me because that was basically the same type of deal. It was a very isolated play. That, that someone had the idea to turn to a movie and it worked out well and it was a very isolated movie 
but I mean, it worked out really well. Like that's one. I think it's on Netflix now. It was. I, so. I don't. That's one thing I don't like with Netflix is the the changing of the guard that they do unceremoniously. Because there's been ones I had in my queue and was like, oh, I'll watch that, and then I get time to actually sit down and watch it, and it's like, it's it's gone. <laughs> like what the. Yeah, it's gonna be that, that universal jukebox they always talked about with music. Like they're gonna they're gonna have something and for that. Only a matter of time. Yeah, I think right now it's like because Netflix has the market cornered when it comes to that stuff. Like there are other options, but I mean, pretty much everyone uses Netflix. Yeah, because you know at least you know it's just like how uh, you don't say you search for something on Google. Like, yeah, the same thing. It's like you know if you're really if you're renting, you're like, oh, I'm gonna Netflix. It. Yeah, or I'm watching anything streaming is kind of but you it's like using a Q-tip like when yeah. you just kind of think like oh I watched it on Netflix even though you might have watched it on Hulu or Amazon or other thing right. you just kind of default think I, that I think at some point either Netflix is going to change their their thing to catch up with whatever else is competing with them yeah. or someone else is going to come along and do something I think their problem has been the licensing I remember that whole fallout they had with Stars and that was the whole thing like people thought it was going to basically go under at that point because they lost a ton of their stuff and I think they're still recovering from that, but I think how they've handled it is they started putting out originals, and that's kind of what got them. Their, their original stuff's actually yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they, they get um, stuff that's like exclusively. Like, like, did you watch The Fall? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Did you see that, George? Surprisingly, no. That is incredible. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of sad because I saw, I, I can't think of his name now, but the, the guy in it that went on to be in Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah. And I was like. Christian yeah, and I was like, I saw him doing that. I'm like, I kn- I had no clue about Fifty Shades of Grey. I, I knew nothing about it. I've never watched a Twilight movie, never, nothing. But I, I knew kind of what it was about, and I knew it was like a big hype thing. And I'm like, really? And my kind of first thought was, I don't see this guy being a teen heartthrob. He, he doesn't have that look. He doesn't have that appeal. And... He didn't, and the movie fucking tanks and like just was shit all over. But I just was kind of surprised because he was so good in the fall. And when I started hearing the reviews of Fifty Shades of Grey, that was the thing that they already said about him was he was fucking terrible. Well, I mean that's the thing though is if you're working with uh, a, a book that started out as a Twilight fan fiction, yeah. You know, so I mean it's not exactly the the, the highest quality writing there. And then you're trying to adapt. Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't you dare say anything about Twilight. <laughs> and essentially the message is, is that, you know, uh, you can be an abusive piece of shit as long as you're rich. And will still fall for you, you know, I mean. Uh, Donald Trump? Ray Rice? <laughs> <laughs> we, we can go all night with these examples. Right. <laughs> so maybe Hollywood's reflecting the truth. <laughs> Donald Trump was such a scumbag that, that he would fuck his own daughter. Oh, God, yeah, I saw. Well, so would Jessica Simpson's father. Remember that whole thing when that came oh, out? Oh, dear God. I, I don't remember what his exact quote was, but was it about her boobs? I don't remember. It's something. It's just like, God, why do they... Uh, you you should have a good PR person that just knows, don't let the parents talk to fucking anybody if they're going to do... Because anything that they say, it's even slightly above, I love my kids, is just going to be taken out of context no matter what is said. Yeah, if they go beyond what you just said, yeah. cut them off. That's yeah. that's what you have to do it, at this point. You need, to, like, you need to have a PR person with them just as much as you do with the star because the parents can fuck it up worse because it's way creepier. Hey, he's the top, top candidate in his party. Oh, 
I know, which is kind of a sad reflection on his party right now. I oh, I don't know where that one's going to wind up going. But no, the fall is definitely you should watch that one, George. You will love it. It's it's a really good. It was surprise. It's um, Jillian Anderson. Anderson from X Files. She is the cop, and it's it's about a serial killer, but it's kind of more from his perspective. And it's oh, no way. and it's done in this way of like you you have invested interest in the character. You're not you don't it's 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 not like Dexter. It's not the dist- that was the one thing people compared it to was Dexter, but it's 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 totally different. It's a lot colder. He he's not killing bad people, he's just killing people. And you you care because it shows him as a normal person in his life, like he goes home to his wife and kids after killing somebody. And he acts like the he's the best father in the world. Like he cares about his kid. <laughs> he does all these things, and it's just like that's the saddest thing. It's like you just see this, and it's like this is probably more realistic than any other movie about a killer the, out there because it's just like it's so. And I, it, they're they're going to put the second season on there. They're 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 shooting it now, but it's going to be interesting because now they're bringing back X Files. Her career has just gone like too crazy busy because. I mean, they did that last X Files movie, which I didn't even watch. I just started hearing. No, I heard, I never. I didn't hear anybody give me a redeeming quality about it. Yeah, the yeah, first the, the first f- one was in the nineties, end yeah. of the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. No, that's why I, I I think I had that on VHS because I got that when I was working at Blockbuster. It was one of those like ninety nine cent things, and I was like, VHSs. oh, VHSs. Yeah, it was one of those like I didn't absolutely hate the movie. It was ninety nine cents. And I bought it, and then I don't know if I ever watched it a second time. And there was nothing to pull me back in, right. but it was just like. And then I heard they were making another movie, and I was like, "Oh wow, this could either be really good or really bad." And apparently, it was really bad. But I never heard anybody say a redeeming thing about it. And I think even they have distanced themselves yeah. from that existing. Well, I mean, they, I think they just recently put out a, uh, a shot from it, like a, a couple of like pictures from the movie. So I mean, it, it is shooting. They are doing. That's what. It was funny because she was on Nerdist, and while she was on, they had mentioned, and I, part of me, you know, I, I just, I don't know if I'm jaded or whatever, but every time I hear anything that could possibly be a marketing thing, I'm like, yeah. But when she was on, they said, would you be interested in bringing the X-Files back? Like, would that be something you'd want to do? And she said, yeah, I, I would be interested if they want, if, the, if it was there and it made sense to do. And they said, you know what you need to do is make X-Files 2015 a trending thing on Twitter, and that will get their attention. So do it. And that's what wound up happening. And then all of a sudden, maybe two months later, there it is. is. And they announced that they were going to be bringing it back. And it's like, did they know? Like, I I hate because, like, I don't think that he's a dick. Like, he's a genuine person. I get out of it. I never heard anybody say anything bad about Chris Hardwick or anything. But, like, it just was so convenient that it's like hard to believe. Like, is it really that easy? Like, did it th- did it really happen that easy, or was there <laughs> stuff going on that they knew? Like, it's just like it's so hard because like that's where we the world we live in. We're just jaded, right. and it sucks. I don't want to think yeah. those things. I really don't. I want to think like that's awesome. Like they had the ability in this modern age, like through a podcast, to bring back a world worldly popular show, yeah. and they were able to do it. But I just. I'm so fucking jaded and I hate it. Like I just feel like that guy that's in the back, like, oh, we're all gonna 
die anyway. They should have stopped at season nine. Yeah, I'm it's done. Like, it's like, like, it's like, no, just, I, I want, I mean, it'd be interesting because, like, I think now in this modern day of television, that show could be fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, that could be so killer to have that on now doing what they were doing then in with the modern ability. Right. Well, the effects have come yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. You know, uh, because I think people are more open to more cinematic looking TV shows now, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the stories can be a lot more open ended and not have to be wrapped up nicely in an hour every week. Like it can be continual. Mm-hmm. Whereas like back then it was like you had to end that arc in that hour. And sometimes it was like uh, it, it seemed so like cut off because you had yeah like you had to end it and like, that was the end of it and it's like that now you can continue that on and have that and like they were a, a big part of leading into that because they did have continual story arcs like throughout seasons and like you know some of them got ridiculous with you know his sister getting abducted and just where things went with it, it was like oh okay <laughs> but like it's just to be seeing where that goes it'll be interesting but i mean she's gonna have that and then they're gonna have a second season of the fall, which that'll be interesting. Cause if you've seen the fall and see how the first season ends, I have no idea. Cause yeah. It, yeah Cause that's one thing. It, it, Is it the third season? Cause I thought they did, cause they, they did um, like six episodes and then another six. Oh, was that how that's it was? Considered how like, like cause it's, it's shot. Uh, geez, it, it's not. It's, it, is it BBC Scotland? Cause yeah, okay. Yeah. It's like, it's overseas. I know it's BBC. I don't know so if it's Ireland or Scotland. Yeah, but I don't because so it was on Netflix. I think it's thirteen episodes. Okay, maybe that's how it was then. Actually, if we're gonna go into that, then then it's series because they're not seasons; they're series. Yeah. You know, I think I think you're right. I think that's how it was. It was just I wa- I binge watched it on Netflix, so it was. That, that's the one thing that screws you up when you binge watch because you don't you have no recollection of seasons and anything I going on. It's just like, oh, they're all gone. <laughs> I just happen to be, you know, like because uh, there's a couple of them like that where uh, Netflix didn't necessarily make them, but they're licensing them. From mm-hmm. the, I mean, where you're never going to get another. Like, yeah. You're never going to see the fall no. otherwise in America if Netflix didn't pick them up. And it's really cool that they did because it's 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 heady. It's interesting. Yeah. That's what's nice with seeing the way things are now. Because I mean, the best we had to hope for growing up was maybe PBS will air something like this at eleven o'clock on a Saturday. Right. <laughs> like that was, and it was kind of you always stumbled upon those things, unless you know. Because we got to be a teenager, I didn't really pay attention to TV Guide as much. But like there was, you know, it was mostly just stumbling upon what was there, and it, you happened to follow. I mean, especially for the British stuff, like that was always kind of like. If it happened to be on, you, you watched a little bit of it, and then otherwise you just completely missed it and had no clue of any of it. But there, there was somewhat. But I mean, that's one of those things that's cool with Netflix is like you can go out of your way and try to find whatever you want. And that's it's going to be interesting to see how a generation raised on that goes, where it's all at their disposal. There is no searching. Or there is no. I, mean, I remember those nights like you do stumble upon stuff and you can't find the TV guide. What am I watching? What the hell is this? And then you go back to school on a Monday and you're you're talking to everyone of your friends, hoping to God somebody else maybe saw that or know what you're talking about. Otherwise, 
you have no idea. And then they, you maybe you wind up being able to find some guy at a movie place and explaining it. And they go, oh, yeah, that's what. And that was that was your Google. <laughs> like, there is no, like, you didn't have that. The good thing, I mean, you have the option to make a, an informed choice now. And it doesn't even take advantage of that. Nope. But you can. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you have not taken it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. There are way better <laughs> I wonder what's gonna what's gonna happen with that whole because now everything passed on it. I think that I think it's gonna be. I think it's I, dead. I think it's dead. I yeah. Think it's done. Uh, but from what I understand, they did make a, a, a definitive ending because they kind of knew. Oh, that okay. It was pop- so there is it, they they leave it open ended that it could open to a fourth season. But from what I understand, people should be satisfied at least with where it goes. Like that they do have an ending. No, that's good. It doesn't give yeah. You what you want. But I mean, I think that was going to be an issue anyway, just because they have rights issues with Jonathan Lane. Yeah. Apparently, uh, they don't have the rights to the Clarice character. Yep. And uh, pot, I think the Buffalo Bill as well, um, going forward, um, and they would have had to negotiate those before they could do that. And right now, um, they're just like I think in the the, the episode that's going to air in a week or two, um, they're doing they're starting to do Red Dragon. So at that yeah. Red Dragon is right before you know Silence of the Lambs. Right. They're gonna do Silence of the Lambs. Like right now, what they're doing is a combination of Hannibal, which in the book takes place after mm-hmm. um, Silence of the Lambs. They did it before essentially. They moved it around a little bit, which it made sense for the narrative that they're creating. And to be honest, uh, the 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 show is 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 so good. It's almost surpassed what has been in other books, which is rare to say. Yeah. Especially as the books went on, like they did with Hannibal Rising, and which is just fucking awful. Uh, the book is awful. <laughs> the movie is. I heard the movie was off. Yeah, oh I've God. heard. I've heard so many bad things it's, about that one. It's 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 bad. And that it, was the one about his like childhood and stuff, right? right? Yeah. Okay. And it was clear, like it was blatantly written to make a movie out of. Like literally, he had sold the movie rights before he had finished the book. <laughs> like because they shit, I really got to do this now. Right. Because <laughs> right, at that point, he was writing off. based another movie off another book not necessarily because it's a good idea you know and it's unfortunate so I, I, I think they've gone really better and more interesting places with what they're doing now um, but it, 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 it'll be interesting to see if that does end up getting picked up or not either way they, I think they even just did a, a Comic Con panel on it which I thought was weird like yeah. why at this point yeah why is it even worth it to you yeah. doing it knowing full well that it's cancelled and stuff but I, I think I think since we're on all this nerd culture stuff, I mean, we should probably mention the fact that, like, you know, Comic-Con happened this past weekend, and there's all these new trailers and all these mm-hmm. new, all this new footage to talk about, and that that's become, like, the new talking point for the news. Like, uh, I, I read a, a thing a few years ago, and it's, it's only continued. I mean, I've seen it at, at cons that are on the East Coast. I've never been to Comic-Con on the West Coast, so I can't honestly say, but from what I understand, I mean, comics are just, like, not, not only secondary, but like 
third or fourth. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the comic part of it isn't yeah, important it's, anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's at this point, you know, like once, once Twilight and stuff takes over Comic-Con, I think that's pretty much it for comics overall. The only but it's a great thing for America. Oh, definitely. <laughs> the, only, the only comic connection is the superhero movies. Yeah. Oh, and it's not even like in gen. It's just whatever one they're hyping at that moment. It's not even like an all-encompassing superhero movies. Like we want to celebrate them. It's just what are we hyping now? Right. Avengers. Oh, they're not popular right now. Fuck them. Yeah. Let's and push and this. And yeah. Side Squad. Deadpool. Yeah. I think those are the three main that you really heard a lot about. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole idea of that, by the way, um, I thought this was interesting. Like when the Avengers trailer leaked, uh, Marvel put out the official trailer the next day and made a joke about it. Yeah, they didn't. They tweet hail Hydra, yeah, they, or they blamed Hydra <laughs> they blamed for it. Hydra for for the leak, and I thought, oh, that's <laughs> clever. That's funny. Whatever. DC, on the other hand, uh, the Suicide Squad footage leaked, and they put out this big statement, like, you know, we we are really disappointed that you know. They, they basically acted like, you know, fans stabbed us in the heart by, you know, putting this out on the internet. Like, how could they do this to us? I guess we'll just have to put it out now. And it's like, all right, you just made yourself look like a total Oh, yeah. Because you wanted that to leak. The whole point is to get it. It's like Madonna's last album. Remember that whole thing? And that leak? And it was like, oh, my God, it's out. Oh. And it's like, you fucking let it leak. Nobody gives a shit yeah. about Madonna. Like, yeah. No, but it's it's another way to hype up like yeah. publicity. Yeah, easily. It. Yeah. You know, like you want people to go search it out and be talking about it. Like, oh my god, it leaked. Well, I gotta see it before they take it down. Yeah. Stuff. It's all a joke now. Like you, you can't tell me that's not marketing. No, that's what there, there there's no way. And maybe you know, ten years ago, even before there was enough security around things to, to but now for something to leak, it's somewhat intentional that there's someone saying like go go ahead oh yeah and that's it but it's like but you know it's like if you get if something happens you're fucked but go ahead but everybody's got a cell phone nowadays i mean yeah like i i I watched the footage for deadpool i mean i watched some guy's shitty cell phone thing of it and i loved it i honestly can't wait for deadpool and i mean which is crazy to think about fox x-men related movies that we're actually excited to see. And T.J. Miller's in it, and I, I love that oh, guy. Oh, is T.J. Miller in it? I oh, know dude. That. Oh, I didn't awesome. realize that. And I love him in Silicon Valley, and getting back to Madonna, I didn't e- <laughs> I didn't even know she had a release. I've been waiting to get back to Madonna. <laughs> I didn't even know she had a release coming out, and you did. I mean, I thought the last good thing to come out of her mouth was Guy Ritchie. <laughs> <laughs> George has been sitting on that one for a while. I have. It's, <laughs> that was my 2015 joke after that. That's nothing. That's it. <laughs> but uh, I'm done for the show. Derek, why don't you tell about uh yeah, tell we're, us about we, the uh, beer we've been drinking? As the we've last been we've been talking that this is uh, a a new brand another brand this is actually a really good show. We have some brand new beers. This is from Ballast Point. Um they have a beer called Victory at Sea that is George and I both have had the conversation of one of our favorite beers, hands down, uh phenomenal Imperial Porter with coffee and vanilla. What they did was they, they wanted to find a lighter variation of that to have during the summer because Victory at Sea is nine Nine is it nine percent even or it's, nine? It's high it's, nines. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's around nine. Too thick for summer. 
And in the summer, that that's going to get a little bit much. But I mean, it's still it's a beer that you want to enjoy year round. It's not something I would say is specifically winter because there's a lot of great coffee notes in it with vanilla. So what they did was they came up with the idea of making kind of more of a sessionable one. This is only five point five percent. It's called Calm Before the Storm, and this is a cream ale base, which is a style that I really think is very underutilized in a lot of ways. Like a good cream ale is one of my favorite beers to have. And uh, judging by George's short shirt, I would uh, say that George agrees. Oh, definitely. Easily. <laughs> no, I extremely love this beer. I love that, like, the golden look to it, but it's it's like drinking cold-brewed coffee. Yeah, That's there's a 5%. lot of fresh-brewed coffee. I mean, it really is victory at sea, but instead of a beefed-up porter base, it's a cream ale base. You're getting a lot of vanilla and a lot of coffee put into it, and it's only 5.5%. Yeah, I, yeah. I I love that play on like a dark what you would associate with a dark beer like that aroma in a light beer like I love that play like there's been a couple uh, breweries that have come out with you know coffee IPA like Stone actually did a, one of my favorite coffee IPAs two years ago now I think they did a, it was called Damon Coffee IPA it was a collaboration beer they did it was oh my god it was incredible and it's just nice to see like because you associate especially with coffee and beer it's like a really common thing you see a lot of breweries doing now but typically you see it in porters or stouts or just that that dark beer variant maybe a brown ale um because the roasted malts already give off those flavor profiles of coffee so it kind of just is a no-brainer to put it in but i love when you play on putting coffee into a lighter beer and still keeping it as a lighter beer it doesn't you know change the the color variation on it but it's just it's a really summer. This is a great one for summer because you have a really nice cream ale. That's that's the important thing. It's like a really good cream ale as a base with this like coffee and vanilla coming through. And at five and a half percent too, this is like perfect for summer. And they oh. they, they literally just really I don't know if it's even really hitting the shelves yet. It's just starting to come out now. I haven't seen it around the area yet, but when it comes out, it's it's definitely one I can crush a six yeah. on, you know. And this had a Saturday lot of hype afternoon. too. As soon as Ballast Point announced this was coming out, like this was one that you saw all over the place on the internet. People were going crazy for this one because of that victory at sea being so popular. And where did you get it? Uh from them. Yeah, I got the hookup sometimes, um, but th- this is just one of those breweries. Like I love, I love Ballast Point. Um, as soon as they made the announcement about them, you know, I got in touch with them to see about being able to get some to be able to talk about it and review it and do all these things. And I was so, so thankful for that because I mean, there, there's a lot of stuff you know with what we do, which is in the same boat. Like you know, we get stuff sent to us to to look at and review, and and it's nice and it's a, it's a great bonus to things, but. It's it sometimes it sucks because sometimes you get stuff and you're like, <sighs> you, you don't really want to be the guy because I don't like to be the guy that shits on anything. Cause I I don't see a point of writing something or or talking about something only to shit on it because it's like I would just rather pretend it's not there. Well, what's interesting is is from a marketing standpoint, they even want you to say something that whether you think yeah, it's or not, and that's what's great about being like they. they 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 want they want and they also want feedback like most breweries whenever you've done anything like any of the things they've ever done with like they want genuine feedback they don't want you to just say oh this is really good i like it like okay what do you like about it and what what don't you like like they want to know because especially when they're coming out with new beers there's going to be little things they need to to work out there's going to be kinks that need to be worked out and even sometimes breweries wind up releasing beers that 
will be skunked. Like they'll it'll hit market and something will have gone off in it. Whether it happened in the bottling line or something, they want to know. And you see, you see that happen a lot, especially with smaller up and coming breweries. That that's an issue that they have because they're not at those levels to be able to have that quality control. shaping what people are thinking of it even before they hear it listen to it taste it see mm-hmm. it whatever whatever the the medium is so you know whether it's beer or a movie or a comic or whatever you're the first line of, of, of where people are getting an idea of what to expect yeah so you might shape what they're thinking even before they get to actually you know try it themselves and that's what's scary with the you know headline grabbing people wanting clickbait now that we live in because you, you people will get you know like harper lee's book as soon as it was released 25 minutes later like you see someone posting a review because people are they want to get in there first like they want to have the first thing people they, they want you to to go to their place because they have it up there for and a lot of times that stuff it's not even genuine it's not honest it, it's just put up to get you to click on it because you happen to do a google search for you know, a, a brand new book, a brand new movie. Those are, the, you know, the movies are the, the ones that are notorious for that. And you can, and it's funny when you see some of them, you could tell this guy didn't even fucking watch the whole movie. Right. Like this guy left halfway through to go write this. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, uh, uh, look at the Fantastic Four reboot, for example. Um, out of all the stuff that came out with uh, the two most recent ones, the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm I'm happy I, I yeah I, I'm happy I think like I remember when they made the announcement it was like oh god he's gonna ruin it like no uh, it's looking up yeah I, I, I have not seen anything bad about it it's like that actually might bring a whole new generation into the fold so much as the fact that like oh they're gonna make you know human torch black or whatever i don't really care about that like yeah. that's that's fine you know like you, you if, if uh, you know fantastic four was always a, a family thing you know it's a family book and, and they're a family in a way so uh you know and the modern family is you know mixed race and things like that so it's like okay fine that's we want to update that or whatever the part where i started to kind of you know say all right i don't i don't think they're going in the right direction is like uh dr doom is a blogger instead <laughs> of a, a ruler of latveria um you know they're doing well the bloggers are just as powerful now aren't they I <laughs> take that wordpress <laughs> I, guess so. I guess so you know i mean oh uh, dr doom dot blogspot dot com <laughs> check out my tumblr <laughs> 
narrator, so it's nice <laughs> to know that I can, you know, in, in the Fox world, uh, uh, assume for that position, which is really great. Wow. Uh, but yeah, uh, he's a he's a blogger, and they're doing the thing again where where his uh, like they did in the other movies. Why can't he just put on armor? Like Iron Man did that, so you'd think they want to go. Oh yeah, Iron. It worked for Iron Man. Let's do it for Doctor Doom because the same idea. He's yeah. Putting armor on. Um, where his skin is metal. Like his skin turns to metal for some fucking reason or another, and they're doing that in this movie too. So Colossus. Yeah, and <laughs> the idea is <laughs> they just blog like suck him in. <laughs> oh my god, I have so many haters on my blog, <laughs> and he just gets so angry and goes in. <laughs> I don't. I don't. They're they're going in this direction of all they're all younger and stuff like that, and, and handsomer. Yeah, it's. I I just I don't. I, I'm not getting the feel of Fantastic Four. What I'm getting is like uh, there's there's vibes of you know like Dark Knight and stuff in there where they're trying to make it darker and edgier and cooler and stuff. But then they just put out like a Comic Con trailer that nobody talked about because everyone else was busy talking about the movie mm-hmm. they actually want to release. And uh, I just I just watched it uh, last night, and uh, it's like every cliche you can pack into there. It's like Fox has not changed at all. You know, like they marketed this as like, oh, it's something new and different. But like, listen to that trailer. Every beat of the trailer, there's like a cheesy line. Like, uh, does it start know, with "in a world"? Because <laughs> that would be awesome. Almost if it exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, there, like, there's a part, and I'm I'm not even making this up. Where, uh, you know, you can tell it's the part in the movie where each of them have tried to defeat Dr. Doom and they can't. So then they all say, uh, you know, I, I, I forget if it's the Human Torch or the Thing says, you know, we can't defeat him, you know, uh, on, on our own. We're not powerful enough. And then, you know, Reed Richards is like, well, that's why we'll fight them together. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, Really? This is the move. This is this is what you think is a reboot. It's the exact same bullshit. The exact same movie. It just looks darker. That's the only difference. Be better if one of them turns and goes, "This is fantastic. The four of us will fight them together." Dude, if, if that does, you're gonna hear me. I'm gonna be the guy in the theater that says, "Fuck this!" Throw my popcorn and walk out. <laughs> you go. I might high five oh, someone. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> they said the name of the movie. I was confused. <laughs> I thought they were the all right for <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty good as a threesome. I mean, they're the three of those guys are pretty good. But now, now there's yeah, a. I would settle for a <laughs> that would be pretty good, in my opinion. I thought this was called Three Humans and Rock Guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, Rock Guy is naked. Like, is that does that bother anybody else? Do they show like an outline of a butt? He does not have pants. I'm offended. <laughs> If I they show offended. the outline, if it's done like you know, like Garfield or like if they just tell like a cartoon that's like. <laughs> he just has no He's a smooth Ken doll. Why does he have a will to live then? Like well, at least before we could assume like in Mallrats, you know, he's a big orange dork. But no, apparently not. He doesn't have anything. He's a mutant. I don't know. And he's made out of rock. That's a that's a lost opportunity for that man. <laughs> I mean, tell you. Come on. So many metaphors. I remember going to see this is years ago. I remember going to see uh, House on Haunted Hill when that Why? the remake came out. With Chris Catan? The uh, acclaimed actor from Corky Romano. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Corky Romano. The House on a Hill remake wasn't that bad. I don't think it was that bad. The Haunted, or the hey, Haunting, really tied it the well. Haunting was terrible. Oh, with Liam? Yeah, that was terrible. The House on Haunted Hill wasn't that bad, because it had, um. oh, this is going to kill me now. I am having some Jeffrey Rush? He was in House of Haunted Hill. Yeah, he totally was. He was like the main 
Yeah, he, he was. No, I, I'm thinking of um, Tay Diggs. No, the, who's from Reanimator? Uh, Jeffrey Combs. Yes, Jeffrey Combs was. He was the doctor in House on the Hill. He was the mad doctor. Oh yeah, when they did the flashback. Footage. Yeah, and that was at the creek. And that movie was the one of the first ones that did uh, that like cut short. Uh, like I can't think of, like that start stop animation of like when they were cutting in the ghosts like that that really jarring cut cutaways that they did that was one of the first movies that did that and it was fucking creepy I remember seeing that but what I was getting to was the previews for that movie do you remember the movie Any Given Sunday with okay unfortunately well the preview there there was a group of us and <laughs> I'll never forget it because there was a group of us sitting there. And, you know, we all wanted to go see a horror movie. We we're all horror fans, and we're sitting there, and this Any Given Sunday comes on. It's just football, 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 just nonstop. The preview ends, <laughs> friend of mine, dead silence in the theater, goes, Ah, oh, it's about football. <laughs> and we just fucking lost it. <laughs> and everybody else in that theater thought we were the biggest dicks ever. But that I will never forget that, and that was almost twenty years ago, probably now. And I will never. F- it was just <laughs> perfect timing. But that, that shows you why marketing is so. Important. Yeah, yeah. You really have to over-explain it to people. Yeah. You know? But like you know, the the idea that we had to uh, you know con- constantly re- you know they had to remarket this this Fantastic Four thing of like oh this is a new new take and new ideas and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I guess in this case, like the media had turned against it a long time ago because of a lot of the issues with it and just the, the, the doubt that it was going to be any good. So it kind of shaped public opinion quite a bit yeah. before the movie came out. Because to be honest, I think because it's so boring and cliche or whatever, probably would have done just fine, just like any other bullshit yeah. action movie or bullshit superhero movie um, that they just pump out anymore. I think it would have just done fine. But because the media talked so much about how bad it was and, and whatever, it shaped people's opinion to the point where if you see that anywhere online, there's a million comments underneath every single time you see it just saying, you know, fuck this movie, I'm not yeah. going to see it, whatever. Which, is, which sucks in this day and age because there are some movies, I think, that unfairly get that wrath before it, before it even airs, before anything. And it's just like it's just something happens somewhere and people just want to attack it and shit on it. And they'll ruin it before it even comes out. And then it may actually not be that bad, but who cares? It's already done for. Yeah. It's like once public opinion turns, you're done. Oh, yeah. And it sucks because it it ruins opportunities for some movies to possibly go on. And that's when you wind up seeing movies that came out 20 years ago. And now all of a sudden, oh, you know, revisiting this film, I actually understand it. It's really good. It's like, well, you know, it, it always was. It just you didn't care about at the time. Yeah. Like there's so right. many movies historically you go back and look. Like, I mean, one of my favorite movies is The Warriors. Like I adore that Warriors. movie. Yeah, I I love that movie. And that was one of those movies that that when that came out, that was shit on by so many people. Now it's a class. It's so funny because you actually see some of those same reviewers go back and they'll openly say, "I revisited this, and this is a classic film." But at the time, they shit on it because of whatever it was. And, like, that's the danger. Like, you know, just because some guy has a pen doesn't mean he has a brain in his head. Yeah. He just has the ability. To, he has, for some reason, someone has given him a job 
to write about something. And it's so hard to not, you know, put yourself in that too. You know, like like maybe you know that reviewer had a bad week. Week, yeah, you know? or maybe someone that had something to do. With, maybe the the PR guy for that movie and him, you maybe he fucked his girlfriend. Right. You know what I mean? Like there could be something that you don't know it went on <laughs> and they don't like each other. Maybe I'm, I'm sure it's a common thing. PR guys' girlfriends are fucking everybody. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of movies that you know uh, they didn't get the, the the marketing the promotion that they deserved. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't their fault in any way. You know, maybe it was. Maybe the director was a dick and he pissed off the studio and the studio said, "Well, fuck them." Yeah, and they did the we'll, we'll dump it and we'll yeah and we'll let it sit and linger and then it all of a sudden becomes a cult classic and like that's happened like you go back through it. there's still movies that came out when you know we were our teens that in like ten years are now all of a sudden gonna be oh wow how did we miss this one well nobody saw it right. and that just happens like you just do one thing in that that cog you scrub one little thing in that set and everything's fucked and then you're left. And you see all the careers that have been ruined. Like you see all these people that have had careers ruined over it. And then years later, people go back like, "Oh, that was, they were a genius. They were this. They're yeah, but they're fucking dead. <laughs> like they, they killed themselves because you guys are dicks and and ruined their lives. And and then when I'm going revisiting, and all of a sudden now they're a genius or this or that. And it sucks because like they're not even around to appreciate it. So like if I went back and I reviewed Ladybugs. <laughs> that the Rodney Dangerfield movie. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, hey, what's his name? Jonathan Brandis. Jonathan Brandis, who was in uh, Sequest. <laughs> DSV. I feel, but he's, he killed himself too. Yeah, so he that's killed kinda... himself after having dinner with friends. Like he, it was like the last hurrah. I, I think if I'm, gonna, I would rather at least have a good meal in me if I'm going to go. This is awful. I mean, there was there, <laughs> there there's really no going up other than acting in a movie with Rodney Dangerfield. And that was Rodney Dangerfield at the I don't give a shit anymore. Did you ever hear the stories about how uh, he was yeah, towards like the end? Yeah, like My Five Wives. <laughs> well, towards the end, they, they always said like his, his uh, publicist would show up at his house, and he would come with his rope with no pants on, ball sack hanging out. Hey, what's going on? It, like, just did not No ca- respect. <laughs> like, did not care at all. Like, towards, it just was just like, whatever. And like there was, there was, if you look that up, like there are so many stories about people going to his house and just him ball sack hanging out because he just wasn't, didn't care. Wasn't his last movie Meet Wally Sparks or one of them? I, I think so. Because that was that was around ninety five, I think. You know what? I don't know why, but when you said that, for some reason, Hot the Trot popped into my oh. head. Remember Bobcat Goldwyn? <laughs> oh God! When I when I think uh, Meet Wally Sparks, I think of NCIS, and NCIS. You you've seen that on USA, right? Yeah, but right? what? Anthony Denozo from NCIS was his son in oh, really? Me Wally Sparks, and he has like this huge helmet of hair. It, it it's so terrible, but like you're you're like laughing at the guy, and then he goes on to do a successful show. That, oh yeah, I know. All right, that's the best is when you see like old like you go back. Well, even even in the Warriors, did you did you realize uh, that Ajax? Do you know what Ajax went on to do? Dexter's dad. Dexter's dad. That is Dexter's father. A young very didn't do his daddy was. <laughs> That's true. I should Whoa. rephrase that. That's how Dexter was born. <laughs> oh, I loved all four seasons of Dexter. Oh, I know. We George and I were talking about that. I'm I'm so glad they stopped at four. That was And they didn't do any more after that. Because it was just would have been a huge That was great. That was a good end because I started getting to parks and rec at that point so i'm i'm good I, we're, we're talking because i told george i'm kind of like revisiting and going back through dexter because it's yeah, just like i love seasons. that i love 
just the intro and the outro of that show, like it just kind of like brings back good memories. Like I just remember that was a show like every Sunday, like that was holy shit, I have to see this, I have to see and I did not miss. Like I had to watch it. There was no going and watching it on demand. I had to watch it. And just going back through and it's like I didn't actually I gave up what was the season with Colin Hanks? Was it six or five? I don't remember. I don't remember. I haven't. I, I think that was no, no. Five, five was uh, John Lithgow. No, that's four. John no, Lithgow right. was four. The um, oh, Jimmy Smiths. Jimmy Smiths was five. Six was Colin Hanks. I gave up like halfway through that season, and not even because I thought I was terrible. It was just like, well, I don't. It just doesn't have the same pull. I didn't feel like I had to see what happened. Right. Maybe that was that. No, what was the season with Julie Styles? Julia Styles. I don't remember what. I don't. I think that was the one right after. That was five. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe Jimmy Smith was six, and then Colin was seven. I don't. I I just I remember Colin. The whatever season with with Colin Hanks was that that was the last one I really watched, and then I didn't even watch the last season until it was up on Netflix. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of already know how this goes. Let me just watch it. And it was just, it, 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 it literally like was one of those things because I was so invested. Like I read the books. I mean, I understand only one of the books was based in the TV show, but I, I like was really invested in the character. I was like, all right, let's just see where this goes. And it like broke my heart because it was just like, how can, how could you have a show that won so many awards for such good writing, just give up like you gave up there's no way around it you gave up yeah yeah so invested by the, the the second to last season we really didn't enjoy it that at that point it was like you had to write it yeah so much time in the show they're all they're only doing one more season we should get through it yeah yeah that's my condolences it's it's just sad because it was such a it was such a brilliant show to start out with the way that they went i mean him coming off of six feet under another one of my favorite shows and then going into this and it was like oh it was such a it was so weird when I started watching that, because I didn't watch it right at the beginning, because I was telling George like, I was out of the country when it first started, and then when I went back and watched the first season right after I got back, and it was just holy shit! Like I, it couldn't. It was not even the same guy. Like there was no like, oh, you know, I don't still see him as a gay character. It's just like he is now Dexter. Like yeah. right off the bat, there was no like he was lost in that character. Yeah. You're waiting for like an anvil to fall on him and him pop up like an accordion or something. And like, it was just like. Oh, George. Yeah. George loves. George loves showing that's his photos terrible. over doing this. Oh, yeah. Wow, uh, yeah. No, that's it. Bill Cobb's the out and over. 
Well, they're still talking about doing a spin-off. They're still talking about doing a spin-off at some point, which I, I don't know. No, I initially they were going to do it with uh, Angel and um, uh, I don't remember who. Was it Batista? No. Batista. What the fuck? Dave Batista? Yes. <laughs> the WWE wrestler? I love I, I'm like forgetting Dex. characters' names already. It's been a, but but they were talking about doing a spinoff and then having Dexter in the background throughout this. And Michael C. Hall said like I I'd be interested in doing that, but I need to have some distance. And he's gone on to do. I haven't seen any of the movies he's done. But they were supposed to be like not that bad. I know that what was a gamer or whatever. It was oh, supposed God. to be oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, he's supposed to be. That yeah, was supposed to be a was... terrible movie. But I never. You watched it. Yeah. Oh, I said I didn't even. I didn't watch. It. I just was like, I don't know how the it's going to be. The guy from Heroes was in it too. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Uh, Gerard I, I Butler was in it. Yeah, I know Gerard um, Butler and Michael C. Hall were the two main. Uh, I try to avoid it. it. That's my Spider-Man three. <laughs> I just I can't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> I've never. Heard. That's a nice reference. Well, I mean, Spider-Man Three was just terrible. Like, who contracted Kirsten Dunst to be able to sing? Unlike Super, <laughs> unlike Superman Three, which was one of the best films ever With made. Richard Pryor, uh, <laughs> who was actually acting in a different movie, <laughs> who, who actually didn't know where he was while that was happening. Oh God, that stopped at two for me on Spider-Man. Spider-Man, I loved. I I never really got into the movies as much, but when I was a kid, I loved the live-action uh, TV show that used to be on. I remember I used to rent that all the time. Oh yeah. And I used to love that cartoon, uh, well, that show. And then they had a, the cartoon for a while on Fox. Was it yeah, Fox? I, I enjoyed the cartoon. Yeah, I remember. Oh, the cartoon I was that. awesome. Yeah, I started watching some of that, but like, I loved that live-action from the '70s, and I just, I I loved like '70s live-action superhero stuff. Wow. All this behind the scenes stuff and everything. I don't know if that's awesome or kind of sad. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take it. That's, I, I'm, I'm like torn in that. I'm like, okay, well, this was quite a few years ago. I don't know why you're still. But at the same time, like, I, I did like that show. So, okay, yeah. This is kind of cool at the same time. So I kind of follow it with this, this weird curiosity. You know, it'd be cool if they had the guy that used to, you know, do the showrunner for the Snorks also answering questions. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, the snorks especially, because I would just like to say, what the fuck what were those the things? <laughs> what the hell was going on? When <laughs> oh my god, that uh, I still that show still is one of those things. that's like I loved it, but I feel like it gave me nightmares at the same time because I really don't know what was going on. No, there was no, I don't, I'm sure it drove home lessons like the Smurfs did or something. Except basically it was the Smurfs underwater and they had to give them a reason to be able to breathe. So they jammed snorkels in their heads for some ungodly reason. Right. I mean, well, I guess you take enough acid and it makes sense. Okay, we see one thing for Steve, so let's do something as a knockoff. It's almost exactly that. Yeah. But I don't know. I, that's why I love to talk to them and say, why didn't you think that? Was, I mean, it obviously was a good idea. We all remember it. It made money at some point. But I don't know. That's, that's my favorite part of going to conventions. Because, I mean, you, you know, 
Yeah. Years ago, whatever. But then you could find out all that weird stuff about it. Because you could just go up to them and ask them about it. And, like, that's what they're there for. I mean, what else are they Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because more because like that's especially these like forgotten ones that only you know us like remember. Right. W- where else are you gonna get some of this? I mean, like the best you could hope is like someone type in something on IMDb trivia and it's true. Yeah. Which, you know, you can't really no, you can't rely on that stuff at all. It's so funny sometimes, like going through, and it's like, wow, no, nobody, and like sometimes I see it. And like they give you the option of like reporting it. I'm like, no, I want to see how long this will stay up <laughs> because I just want to see if I can go back in a month and this really awful fact is still there that I know is not true. And just you know, you'll go through it's in with Wikipedia. Like I don't report. It. I just want to see how long that'll last there. Yeah. It's more fun that way. It's a little game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought George was gonna say something. <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> leaned in. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Just trolling around. Playing the long con. All right. Well, unfortunately, our glasses are empty yet again. Uh, Riches aren't. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, now no, Riches is. There we go. But uh, no, another good week. Another phenomenal beers. This time we had some really good new beers. That uh, by the time this goes out, you should be able to start seeing some of these on the shelves. I know they're they're hitting the shelves now. So be on the lookout for some Stone Root Stout and some Ballast Point Calm Before the Storm. George gives a thumbs up to both. Oh, I definitely do. If you get calm before the storm, it's give George it's a call. Really, yeah, call me, please. <laughs> like, you know, kick me Facebook. You know. <laughs> kick you? No, kick. Uh, K I K. Kids use it nowadays. Oh, oh or, god! Or now I'm the old man because I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. Yeah, I saw some kid with a shirt that actually just said "kick me." I wanted to, but there was no C, so <laughs> I knew what he was talking about. Did you go up and say, "God damn you"? No, I. You just wag your finger disparagingly in his face. (laughs) You son of a bitch. Uh, All right. On that note, we are old men. Uh, We will now relegate ourselves to bed, apparently. No, I'm going to the bar. Yeah, well, there you go. One or the other. Old men will do one or the other. That's the the dream in life. Go to bed or go to the bar. Your choice. And uh, we'll be back here next week. And uh, keep it real. Enjoy. And uh, I guess cheers. Signing off. Sayonara. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some other goodbyes. All right. Peace out, Holmes. I'm a good guy for a gal. So won't you look my palm over? I've got time for a chat. So won't you tell me my future? I'm gonna break down at 50 And I'm not quite a stallion I'm a good guy for a gal And I'm mentally slipping Oh yeah, oh yeah, what's that you see?
Friends of peace.